Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. And that's what we try to do here every single day in all areas of life. That's right. Queen, health, wellness, spirituality, fitness, spirituality health, cooking, health, <laughs> dating, and friendships. Friendships. Today, we're talking all about (laughs) friendships, cultivating a long-lasting friendship like the Office BFFs, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, who are on today. We're so excited to have them on. Heel Squad, we are in for a treat. Um, And I say we because me too. That's right. (laughs) Our quote of the day comes from a very special friend here. Some people need dozens of friends to say, hey, look at me, I'm popular, but not me. I'm very picky. (laughs) That's from Michael Scott. Anybody who know who Michael Scott is? Oh, we love him. I love Steve Carell. Steve Carell, Steve friends. Um, Iconic. I love that you pulled a Steve Carell quote for this episode. <laughs> so today, like I said, we're talking to Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey of The Office, The Office Ladies podcast, and their new book, The Office BFFs. These two have the most incredible friendship that blossomed and bloomed uh, from their time filming The Office. And we are just so excited to chat with them because they've been best friends for 18 years. A long time. And by the way, this industry, it's a tough industry to maintain friendships in too, right? So for nine seasons, they battled over party planning, relationship (laughs) advice, baby names, all while behind the scenes, they supported each other through life-changing events like marriage, motherhood, and careers that took them all over the globe. We are so excited to have these two incredibly talented ladies um, on the show here today to talk about their new book, The Office BFFs, Tales of the office from two best friends who were there. Oh, I love this book. Kelsey was like crying reading. I this really book. was. I re- I love the office. Like I grew up on the office. So reading it and knowing exactly what they were talking about, but like getting the behind the scenes, it was so nostalgic. And then I was rewatching it again last night and I was just like, this is amazing. I love it. So Kelsey and Pooja have watched the office yes. and are obsessed. Huge fans. fans. Kevin watched it. That was my busiest time yeah. of my life when I didn't even get to watch Anything. myself like <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't barely get a bathroom break in those years. So no. I didn't get to watch anything. My TV life started in the last like, let's say, you know, 10 years. Yeah. This so, would be a great one for you to go back and oh, watch. No, Kevin's been saying it and we are going to rewatch it because... Oh my um, gosh. I mean, I've seen some little bits, but... <laughs> There's no humor like it anymore. I know. And you could not get away with it now. Which you know is funny? I am desperate for funny. Yeah. P.S. Go make sure you watch The Pentavert on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers plays 18,000 characters and yours truly <laughs> is in it as well. And you will get a good laugh. We're but, so good. Um, thank you, Queen. But um, but I'm desperate for a laugh. And I, whenever I'm looking for a funny movie, I'm like, I've already watched it 50 times. Yeah. I'm going to go back to The Office now. Yes. You're right. Because I'm really oh kind gosh. of going to abandon a lot of the heavy dramas um, now that I'm in this new meditative 
yeah. life. Yeah. I don't want to be programmed and in trans with, you know, these really heavy topics. It's a lot. So I want to laugh. I am excited for you. I had to take a full break. I watched Dropout and we were, or we crashed back to back. I haven't watched anything since. Me too. It was a lot for me. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, without further ado, we need to get into <laughs> this conversation with Jenna and Angela. So we're going to take a quick break. Oh, here they are actually. Let's not take a quick break. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. Do you guys adopt third-party best friends? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because I'd like love to be them. like an adjacent best friend. I love that. After reading this and seeing all the adventures you guys went on, um, it's so, so fun. So congratulations on um, getting through writing a book together. I think that means you guys are officially going to forever be best friends <laughs> because writing a book with yourself, you want to divorce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I really had a hard time, um, but this was so much fun and it was so great to see your journey um, from the start and and how it blossomed and and all the cool adventures you guys went on. I especially loved all the red carpet stuff and the dresses from Macy's, which by the way, I didn't Shout even think out. about that. Macy's is a huge sponsor of our show, and I'm dead that you got your dress from Macy's for the <laughs> for the Emmys, I think it was, right? Many, many red carpets. We're after shopping for dresses at Macy's together. Look at that yes. synergy. Hey, now. Uh -huh. hey now. Yeah. So you'll have to help me pick some curated dresses for our next, um, our next push on my, uh, my site. But, um, you also have the office ladies podcast. So, so you ladies are, are continuing the journey working together and, and going through this life together. So tell me what that process has been like since the office and friends, everyone who's watching, we will get into the office. Do not worry. <laughs> and for anyone who's watching this on YouTube right now, start flooding the comments and tell us your favorite moments, um, from the office with Pam and Angela and, um, you know, the whole cast, whatever your favorite scenes or moments were. Well, okay, so much, so much to say, but Jenna and I wanted to work together ever since the office ended, really, and we were missing each other, and our lives and work and kids and family had taken us in sort of different directions, but we talked every day. It's something I'm so proud of. Um, we left each other these voice memos, and we would share every little thing in our day from like, you know, I got a pair of flip-flops I really like <laughs> to something heartfelt or if we needed advice. And I always knew what was happening in Jenna's life and she always knew what was happening in mine. And one of the things we just kept sharing over and over was that we just wanted to work together and we wanted to be able to put our family first. And, and sort of Jenna came up with this phrase that I thought was brilliant, be the architects of our own time. I was like, what? That's, Ooh, should we put that, that on a pillow? Like someone stitched that. That's a good um, one for us here on the show. Cause that's what we're trying to do every day is how do we get better at this thing called life? How do we get yeah. better in all areas? So let's be the architects of our time. Yeah. That's Jenna Fisher. I can't take credit for that that's one. Great. That's really good. <laughs> um, that's but, an Instagram so post. <laughs> So then we were like, well, what can we do so that we can see each other and work together? And Jenna, at the time you were working with um, Oliver Hudson and Jenna, you have to share what he said. Well, yeah, I mean, I was working on this television show called Splitting Up Together with Oliver and he was, he would listen to me leave Angela messages mm -hmm. And he was like, so tickled. He was like, you leave her multiple messages a day. <laughs> and the subject of our messages were at that time, how can we be the architects of our own time? And how can we work together again? And Angela and I were trading emails. We had different ideas. A book was one of our ideas. A sitcom together was another idea. And it I was wanted, to make, husband. A, I oh, wanted to make a rosé. <laughs> Ooh. Still I, That's I thought, still on the list. Oh, still yeah. On the list. You should Sorry, do that. Sorry, Jenna. Go, go. <laughs> well, it was Oliver Hudson who said, you guys should do a podcast. I really think it would tick all the boxes for you. You would be your own bosses. You clearly love talking to one another. <laughs> and as sort of a light bulb went off in my head, I was like, hey, yeah. So I brought the idea to Angela and we went to her little garage and we set up an iPhone between us and we said, all right, let's 
try telling stories about our time on the office and also about our best friendship and let's see what comes out. And that became sort of our, like our demo reel for podcasting. And we just loved it. We loved it. And that's kind of what started it all. It's so funny because Gabby Bernstein, are you guys familiar with Gabby Bernstein? The spiritual, no. um, what, what, what would you say? She's like a spiritual teacher. Yeah, spiritual yeah. teacher. She and I were talking. I was like, listen, we never get to see each other. We want to see each other. We want to talk to each other, but we have different lives on different coasts. Let's do a show together. Like even if it's a limited series, we get together for like a week mm-hmm. and we do like 10 episodes and now we get to have this whole really fun time together. And so we've been trying to do the same thing, which is funny. Um, so then what happened when you guys started doing it? You were addicted and you're like, we're never going to stop. Well, I mean, a little bit. I mean, it was like I was getting to make a living and work with my best friend every day. I mean, it's a dream job. And I trust Angela. Like, I trust her so much. I trust her creative mind. I trust her business mind. We share a work ethic. I mean, it's a good pairing and it's worked out great. And it's even deepened our friendship, too. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Yeah, I feel like Jenna is the type of person in my life that makes me level up, you know? She makes everything better. And when I'm with her, I feel like we can do anything. It's one of those friendships, you know? And I just so appreciate how we're similar, but how we're, we're not. I mean, I'm looking at your office, Jenna, look at it. It's so, it's so clean (laughs) and like organized. I'm just like a cluttered knickknackety, like a wall. I feel like we are just perfect creative partners because of how we approach an idea, but we have a real roll up your sleeves. Let's do this ourselves kind of attitude. And we, have had so much fun. And it's interesting because this opportunity came along. We were both um, nervous. We'd never done a podcast and it was a new medium for us. And we really did the work and the research to figure out, okay, what is our stamp on this? How do we do this? And as soon as we said yes to this opportunity and yes to working with each other, so many wonderful doors have opened up. And it's just that moment of like, I feel like saying yes when when an opportunity arises instead of being like, ah, I don't know, and backing away, that power of saying yes and saying yes with your best friend, it's just been really rewarding and has just built up my spirit. Well, you guys are the epitome of... Better together. Better together. Right? I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you were like, she makes me better. I'm like, you guys are better together. <laughs> it's so great. And you know, it's funny because this business is so competitive that a lot of the times I feel like it's so easy to stay in a solo lane. And I'm somebody who likes being with people too and being a team player. So I have I want to have fun. So you guys are getting to have fun together. And then you decided to write this book. So tell us a little bit about how this book was born and how you guys approached writing this together, because it's really, really cute how you guys do it. I love it. Well, should I say the truth, Angela? (laughs) I mean, Angela wanted to write this book. She had to convince me because I've written a book. I wrote a book by myself. It was the hardest thing I've ever done creatively. Um, 
And I thought, I never need to do that again. (laughs) I never, ever need to write another book. I did it. I love my first book. It came from the heart. And Angela was like, let's do it. It'll be fun and easy and great and just a ball. And I was like, no, it's going to be awful. Angela. You're like, you don't know, Angela, how so bad. And, and I, I was just like, I mean, how hard can it be? Come on. And then three years and seven months of writing later. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But yeah, it took us so long. Oh, but boy. What, what really started it for me was... Um, I just had all of these bins. I mean, I could pick them up and show you. Oh my God, can I? I'm going to grab them. Yeah. So three years and seven months was because, so did you not have a book deal yet? Did you guys just decide to do it on your own and then take it out? No, I mean, it took us eight months just to write the proposal that we took around to publishers just because we were launching the podcast around the same time. And, you know, it was, it was something we wanted to do, but it was a little lower on the priority list. So it was mostly like, it just took a long time. And then once the deal came through, then they push you. Well, then it's also a pandemic. Yeah. We were homeschooling. All of a sudden I'm putting together a science project. I'm spending an hour looking for paperclip string and some glue and you know, and we couldn't be in the same room together really almost the whole time we were writing this book with the exception of one three-day writer's retreat that we took. Um, And so it was like, uh, it was hard to write. There's Angela's bin. What's the bin, Angela? Tell us. That's one one bin. This is only one bin. I mean, there's so much in here. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, there's like a ton of stuff in here. Anyway, (laughs) we went went through our, oh, I put it on my keyboard. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, so you had to go down memory lane. You had to remember a lot of stuff from so long ago. Well, those photos were in boxes and boxes and memorabilia. Jen and I were scrapbookers. It's something we've had in common. We've always been the friend that puts all your photos and saves the movie ticket stub and all of that kind of stuff. And we both had so much of it. And I said, Jenna, what are we going to do with all this stuff? And we need to clean it. We were making this commitment to go through and organize our garages together, sort of hold each other accountable. Like, did you clean it out? And I was like, we, we should put it in a book. We should put it in a See? book. We should put it in a book. Just throw <laughs> it into a book. It'll be just so simple. Just a book will appear from all these bins. And we'll tell things. stories. It'll be great. (laughs) Were there ever any fights? Not that I want to go to the negative, but did you guys ever have tiffs? Tiffs? Oh my gosh. Of course. (laughs) First of all, all, Jenna, the minute her eyes wake up in the morning, her brain is like going, she's going. Yeah. And she has like eight things she's going to tell me. And I'm like, lady, it's not 8 a.m. I need a minute. I need a minute. Angela is um, a late night worker. She likes to put all, mm-hmm. she likes to put everyone in her house to sleep, the kids, the animal, her husband, and then she <laughs> sits down at her desk. It's true. And that is when her creative juices are flowing. I went to bed at eight 30 last night. I'm awake wow. at like five 45. I'm at my desk at seven, you know, I'm like ready to work. And so yeah. that was maybe our biggest source of conflict was that we work at totally different times, but when you're doing something creative, you have to honor that other person's creative way. Mm-hmm. And so we had to figure that out. That was, that was a, a little tough, but we did. We did. We had to figure out how to, um, how to trade our ideas and information when we weren't able to write at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it ended up being amazing because I would wake up and Jenna would have all these ideas that she'd been working on. And then I would use that to sort of inspire me throughout my day. And then at night I would sort of like do my work session and she would wake up to all of my things to start her day. It was like a relay race. You guys would just pass the torch. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And each week we would come up with a goal like, okay, here's the chapter we're working on. Here are the stories we need to generate. You work on this story. I'll work on that story. So we, we found a way to divide the workload. Yeah. And we wrote the book much like a conversation between the two of us. That was the other thing. How do we tell the stories? So we do a back and forth dialogue throughout the whole book as if you're hanging out with us and Mm -hmm. we're just chatting. There's only two chapters that we wrote 
individually. Jenna wrote a chapter called Jam, and I wrote a chapter called Dwangela Forever. Forever. <laughs> but one of my favorite things is that when we go back and forth, we would have different memories of things, or I wouldn't remember something that Angela did. And we wanted to keep that in the book as well. We wanted to keep the part where I didn't realize Angela got lost at sea during booze <laughs> cruise, um, you know, I, or how seriously. I didn't remember that we stole snacks on the Emmy stage, but Angela remembered it. So we, in the book, we tried to even have both of our memories represented, even if they were in conflict. Well, you know, yeah. you, they say you only remember 50%, like you, 50% of your memory is actually true. Mm-hmm. Like well, that's, that's what they say. So there's a me, lot of embellishment as well that goes along with memories. Is just like how your brain chose to remember yeah, it. Yeah, there's embellishment that uh-huh. goes on. Unfortunately, that's why I film everything in the moment because I don't want to be in a place. I'm such a truth seeker that I want to remember exactly what happened, exactly how it happened. So there's no embellishment. I'm a like crazy person about it. And um, yeah, because 50% of it isn't, isn't even true. <laughs> I, you know, I love there's, that. there's a black mirror episode about that where like um, there's a, you know, a technology that starts just recording everything that happens. And then the couple gets in a fight and they're like, just yes. rewind. Go I, saw that I did one. say that I did promise to do that Yeah, or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah. it's like, there's a Black Mirror episode that like fixes that problem for us of our memory. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. It's great. Um, well, and also, you know, we can only hold so much. Like I have, I call all my friends and my husband, my USB drives. So I just go for different USB drives. I'm like, wait, what part of my life was that? Oh, let me call that person. I don't remember yeah. anything. And this person, and then my husband, honey, did I meet Madonna? Maria, you don't remember? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, you spent the whole day with her. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, cool. And then wait, I'm like, yeah, that. is that how it went? <laughs> I'm using hold her as that. an example. <laughs> you met Madonna for a whole day? No, no, no. It was an example. Is that true? No, no, no. It's an hypothetical example. It was an example. I did interview well, her um, and it was special because she's the material girl. But um, but yeah, but I, it's crazy references like that where I'm just so zonked out because as you know, once you're in the tornado of the, the business and you're in your flow, you're going from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. You're never present enough to really sit with it and understand what the heck's happening. You're off to the next thing. Or because our brains are anticipation machines, we're thinking about what we have to do tomorrow. What time I got to set my alarm. I'll be at the Golden Globes setting my alarm for the next day, figuring out my travel, whatever. I'm never in it. So I don't remember it. This is so me. You're describing me so much. I so relate to all of that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a little bit the opposite. And I feel like Jenna and I's, uh, Jenna's husband and I have a little bit of this in common where I really can handle things just day by day. And if I, if I throw out, like if Jenna throws a date out to me, that's a month away, I'm like, I, I need to get to that. I'm not there. And so I, <laughs> I tend to stay more in today, but then I, I don't, I don't know that next Thursday, you know, we, we've got to be on a plane or something, you know, like I, Jenna sort of reminds me of things like that, but then I remind her of what's what's happening today and where we need to be today. And the more but, you guys um, talk, the more we understand why you are best friends. True. Exactly. <laughs> you balance, you complete you. each um, other. Where's Tom Cruise? Um, but I you know, for you. this, 
Oh, oh go wait, ahead. What are you going to say? One thing since we're doing show and tell. Yeah. So about memory and remembering 50% of it. Here's the other thing. Jenna and I, we write in our journals. We were those gals growing up. I mean, I have so many. Oh my gosh. I know. And also apparently I'm a digital hoarder because I have all the emails from when we were on the show and we, I would go back to all of that and use all of this as like reference. And I have a page in here where I wrote, you know, like about rain and I having a whole conversation that ended up in Duangela. Um, but having that way to remember and journaling, I'm so thankful we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Well, that's a lot harder to go back into all those files because I'm a digital hoarder too. Photo, video, journals, and and the thought of going back into all of it to try to create some kind of book makes me so exhausted. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. It is. Well, you know, there's like 400 pictures in the book and Angela kept finding more pictures that she wanted me to look at. And at a certain point I said, do not show me another photo. I don't want to see it. I don't yeah. care how great it is. We picked the pictures. I can't, I can't keep going back into the pile. So let's go back I, into the memories. Like I want, I want everyone to get a taste of like some, some of my favorite things were like your first red carpet experiences. Because what's funny is when you see the pictures of you guys from the red carpets, and I believe it was chapter eight, if I recall, eight, nine is jam. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Eight. Okay. When you see, and by the way, I think I was at some of these events with you guys. So I was dying laughing. <laughs> the the pause one. Um, I was definitely there because I remember pause Caesar. Style? Yeah. Because I remember Caesar being the sponsor. And um, but seeing you, you girls on the red carpets and 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 experiencing these award shows through you now is so funny because I think when outsiders look at any of these pictures, they're in awe and they think you've got the cavalry behind you, getting you glam, getting you all this. And they don't realize (laughs) how different it really is. It's just show business. So then when you take the picture, no one knows the difference. So walk them through those first red carpet experiences, because I've talked on the show about like my first red carpet experience. I had a publicist I hired. She had really big stars. And my husband was like, all right, we want whoever, you know, she's got that's kind of like you. So you get like a little of the extra, whatever they don't want to do. I don't know. And so she ditched me on my first red carpet. Oh, no. She didn't show up. So my husband drops me off in our little like car, right? Didn't have the celebrity like limo, like you guys talked about in the book. So Kevin drops me off and I walk across the street and I'm so nervous. I'm like maybe 22. I'm having a heart attack and I get on the carpet. It was Nicolas Cage's movie, Wind Wind Talkers or Wind Something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. And I'm all alone and she's not there. And I said to myself, all right, Maria, these people made a dress for you. Kevin dropped you off. You're already here. You have a decision to make. You're just going to grow some balls and you're just (laughs) going to walk down the carpet and you're going to just do it. And I did. And even though I was terrified, I did it. And I ended up in Us Weekly, my first ever fashion shot that next, like two days later or something, that Us Weekly um, issue. And I was like, wow, having balls gives rewards. Cool. But, (laughs) um, But, you know, nobody would know that I'm on the carpet and I'm terrified and I had to do my own hair and makeup and Kevin's dropping me off and I'm not in this like you know, luxurious experience like people think it is. So I want to hear yours. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad I had Angela with me because I had to bring a dog to my first oh my red gosh. carpet with Angela. And we drove ourselves and parked at a meter several blocks away from the event. Yeah, we drove, um, walked drove there. Her, her Jetta. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and we parked and we were glad we parked near a, a little tree so her dog could go pee. <laughs> And this is season one of The Office. Yeah. Yeah. I, pretty close. It might have been the very beginning of season, season two. two. Okay. Nobody invited us anywhere during season yeah. one of The Office. Okay. This was no. our, our very first red carpet. I was Jenna's dogs plus one, basically. <laughs> um, and I it was an animal charity, we should say. Yeah, animal yes. charity. Pause for style. And Pause. the dogs wore fashion and did like a runway show. 
but we, I was not in the runway show and my dog was not, we were just guests. We were guests. And I went to target and I got a turquoise tank top, but that wasn't enough. I then went to the gap and I got another turquoise tank top and I layered them. (laughs) Yes. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't own a flat iron yet. So I had, I blow dried my hair, but it was, it did the, the kind of the frizz. Yeah. Um, and I borrowed a pair of my mom's shoes that didn't really fit me. And I had to like crunch my toes to keep them on. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, but we did it. We did it. Jenna had to hold a dog down the red carpet. A big dog too. Yeah. He was like a medium dog. He was too big to hold. (laughs) I think is how I He was your entire like chin down. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yes, you can hold him, but not not easily. No. And, and not flatteringly, if that's a word. And so, and so that was your first one, but then like your first Hollywood award show, walk everyone through that experience. Well, that time I did get to borrow a dress. I still didn't have any kind of stylist behind me, but my agent, I think was knew somebody and they offered me one dress. Yeah, it was the one black dress that they sent a over. A black dress and it fit. So I wore it. And then I had another friend who knew someone who had like a jewelry store in their house out in Calabasas. And they let me borrow a pearl choker. And um, we, by the way, didn't get to go to the awards show. We just went to a party that was streaming it live. And um, yeah. it was a parking lot. It was a parking lot. They put a fancy tent. Over. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so that was our first Hollywood <laughs> award show. And I went to the mall and I went to Macy's and I got a dress. Um, and then we didn't have time. We worked all day and we were going straight from the set to this parking lot party. And I just left my hair as Angela Martin. So I just have, I have like a ponytail that I wore. Um, and when we got there, no one took our picture. (laughs) So I handed our, my camera, I think to Paul Lieberstein, he took a picture of Jen and I, we went under the rope. We were like sneaking on in. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Waze new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Waze seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. My favorite, favorite time on the red carpet, though, happened just a few years later. I was waiting my turn to walk down the carpet, and right in front of me was Sophia Loren. And I I said, I go, guys, I can't walk after Sophia Loren. Can I wait a few? Can Can I just hang here? So they're like, yeah, okay, hang here. 
So then I start the carpet and I get on the carpet and like three people take my picture and then they go, Meryl, Meryl. <gasps> and Meryl Streep was like coming. And I was like between Sophia Loren and Meryl Streep. And it was like the waters part. It. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, hey. Oh my goodness. I love the Lawrence Fishburne story too. I thought that was really funny. Yes, poor Lawrence. Listen, Fishburne. I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> you guys were the I, assholes. Tell everybody. <laughs> here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't know about award shows that I didn't know about award shows is that they don't feed you. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you do see people at tables, sitting at tables, it's like maybe some like breadsticks. There's not like a meal that comes right. out. And you start getting ready for these things at like 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Maybe you eat a banana and then you get in a car and the red carpet starts at 3 p.m. You don't get somewhere with food until close to 9 p.m. And I am starving. I am, I am not a person who goes without food. Well, no, Um, not at all. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) It was the Emmys and we were halfway through the show and I was hungry and I was not having it. And I said, there is food somewhere in this building and we are going to find it. I've done those missions before where I've had to beg people and say, please, I'm not going to be okay. And they'll like, go get me some scraps of something. But then I learned. So I added hours onto my glam time when I get ready for a red carpet so that the food gets there. I have time to eat like a human and I eat a lot. I stock up heavy, right? (laughs) Like, like, like I'm never going to have another meal again. And then I put stuff (laughs) in pockets and, and, and purses and snacks everywhere because it's a long day. And, and Mm -hmm. the, there's a lot of energy that's consumed, whether you're yes. moving or not. Um, so you get hungry. Yeah. yeah. My husband's suit coat is like a vending machine. Now. <laughs> it's like the various snacks in different pockets, because after this particular event, we learned that we need to eat first. Yep. Yeah. Jenna like found this lady with a clipboard and ha- talked her into letting us to where uh, like the snack room where the presenters were, you know, and people like, they're about to go out on the Emmy stage, but what Jenna never clocked, and I cannot believe this, like even once we started writing the book, it's when she realized they they put it, they like ushered us behind a curtain and she was really like very adamant, like shh, shh. And we're like, oh, okay. The clipboard okay. lady was like shushing us. And it was yeah. very dark in there, but yeah. they had a whole like charcuterie spread. It was great. <laughs> Jenna's just like eating and eating. And that's, you know, when Lawrence Fishburne looked at us and they were like, who are these assholes? Um, <laughs> because he was about to go and present an award. We were on the stage. We were just in a little curtained off area on the award show stage. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> When I realized that, is like, who are these guys yeah. who are in here just shoving salami in their face? Like, what is happening right now? Yeah, I love it. I didn't and hear any of it. Angela was like, I think Lawrence Fishburne just called us assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Right away, said, rightfully so. I mean, oh, yeah. we were being lunatics. I die. Well, I, think it's so I basically. Funny. After we got a little side eye, I walked up to Jenna as she's like shoving like a giant cookie. It was like enormous into her mouth. And I was so like, good. you need to wrap this up. because <laughs> Takes time to go. go. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies, you guys um, have gone through so much. And, you know, I remember reading how you said this, this experience was like the greatest work experience. And I feel like I, I'm a little envious that you guys had such an amazing work experience because I've had so few um, until I worked for myself. What? Um, so so tell us what made it so amazing. And, and then I want to get into your friendship. Well, there was just this respect and collaboration across all of the departments. Greg Daniels, our showrunner, he really had this philosophy that any great idea, no matter where it comes from is a value. So throw out all your ideas because he wanted to find them wherever he could. He was not snobby about, oh, the writers are the only people who do this. And the directors are the only people who do this. He wasn't one of those showrunners who wanted you to stay in your lane. 
if you had an idea, share it with him. And that just immediately created this environment where like we found ourselves on the editor's couches watching them edit. I've never had a job like that since. Or like Angela tells the story about creating a litter box with our our grip department for her because they got to chatting about how litter boxes smell. You know, I mean, it's like that. It, it just was like this really special space. It sounds like it was, um, <clears throat> it really allowed you guys to be the full expression of yourselves and not have to hold things back because that's where I think things get tough is when you have to, you know, quiet everything and just play the one little thing they want you to do. And then all the other parts of you have to just be, you know, locked up. Yeah. yeah it was a true creative collaboration and, like Jenna said, it started with Greg, but also Steve, as the lead of our show, was so open to what's the funniest moment. And like, he might have a line, but if if it's funnier coming from Phyllis or if it's funnier if someone else does something before he says it, he's like, yeah, let this is a group project. And I think that was really special for us on the set to just know that the, the leader of the show just wanted the best moment, the funniest moment, the most heartfelt moment. However, that was to come across. It didn't have to be from him. So it, it just, I just always felt relaxed. I always felt like welcomed creatively. And, um, you know, we've all worked on other shows since. And I realize now what a unique, rare, wonderful experience that was. Wow. Well, we have to get into some office stuff. Oh, I yeah. have my resident office experts. Um, <laughs> so I want to make sure I give them a chance to speak for all of the diehard office fans yes. around the world. So Queen, take it away. I want you guys to tell kind of like your origin story of your friendship. It was amazing because as I was reading it in the book, well, I was that's watching the stuff I'm going to talk about is the friendship. You're going into no, the but office I, stuff. But I, I want them to tell how they met on the show, okay, like during that clear. episode. Because don't steal my shit. <laughs> Maria's like, um, hello. <laughs> I'm I'm covering friendship here. Just this question. Okay, I'm I was I'm playing. I'm rewatching playing. last night, and I think I got to like episode three or four, dying all over again. It's amazing. You have to rewatch it if you've already watched it anyways i want you guys to talk about that scene that scene where everyone's playing basketball you two are on the bench and kind of just tell us tell us about that and then kind of like i want to know was the rest history after that i mean kind of they for the basketball episode angela and i didn't have a lot of lines and they put us on this bench together in the warehouse and then we sat there for like three days and a lot of sitting there was while the guys were rehearsing or figuring out their choreography of the basketball moves. So we just shared our life stories on that bench. It was just so much time. And we had already been developing a friendship. Like we had a camaraderie and I loved her and she was next to my desk. She would pop her head mm -hmm. over the little partition. And so we had already been chatty, but that episode was when we went deeper and like the real like trust and realizations of, oh, wow, this person's really going to be my good friend. Wow. And I always say that was where our best friendship was really born. Yeah. Jenna has a picture in a frame that Phyllis took of us on that bench. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Angela, I'll always know the moment where our best friendship mm. really came into focus for me. And it's that moment. For me, it's a moment um, right after we finished wrapping. We'd been in the warehouse all day. It was like day three. <laughs> we were walking through the parking lot. It was late at night. And we thought we were by ourselves. And um, we both are, you know, we're both kind of dorky. And without even discussing it or thinking about it, we linked arms and we oh. started doing Laverne and Shirley. Shamil, Shamazel. <laughs> and we were cracking up. Day and one. This was, well, this, this was, was a, this was during that basketball, basketball episode, right, okay. day three, the basketball episode. And here we are doing Laverne and Shirley. And we thought no one was around and we hear this, we hear footsteps and we turn <laughs> around and Steve Carell was yes. right behind us. And he looked at us and he smiled and he said, you guys, no matter what happens with the show, this is what you'll take from it. Mm. Oh, I want to cry. I know. 
And I was like, that for me, I was like, oh my God, he's right. I've I've made a friend for life here. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps a bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. That's the thing that is so cool, right? So you had this like magical experience and this, you know, career making experience with the office, but then you also get to take that away. Like people don't find those kind of friendships easily. No, no. And we were in our thirties as well. We were, we were older and I kind of thought, you know, maybe that kind of friend was in my past. Mm. Um, I had left my best friends behind when I moved to LA and it was hard to keep in touch. And, and I thought, well, you know, I guess my life is just going to be kind of a series of decent friends, acquaintances, people to get drinks with. Um, so it took me by surprise to meet a soulmate, best friend in my thirties. Oh. And yeah. yeah, same. And I, I think, I don't know, there's this thing sometimes I think we feel that once you enter your thirties or even your forties that like, well, you are who you are. You've done what you're supposed to do. You've met who you're supposed to meet. And that's just not true. You know, um, these kind of moments aren't reserved for just your youth. You can keep meeting people. You can keep rediscovering different parts of yourself. You just have to be open to it. So I, I feel like this book for me, I would love the one thing if you take away anything from it is that just leave your heart open to other people and other experiences because you'll never know when you're going to meet the best friend or discover a whole new career path. And, um, I'm so thankful I have Jenna, everything changed in my life. When we became friends, everything mm-hmm. changed for the better. Wow. I love that. Do you guys <clears> have <throat> a favorite scene you filmed together? Oh my gosh. Well, I can tell you the one we couldn't get through. And I think <laughs> it's the beginning of us not having scenes together. Oh my God. Um, we literally, the director had to come over and say, you know what, guys, I'm going to give you five minutes no. to um, compose yourself. Cause we could not stop laughing. <laughs> it's the moment Angela comes over the partition and she's wearing all black because sprinkles <laughs> has died. Oh yes. And she says to Pam, has Roy ever mercy killed an animal for you? Um, and Pam was like, uh, no, and we could not, every time my head came over, we started laughing every time I talked we couldn't about, even get a full sentence oh out. We couldn't. And I, and I had to say, I think, I think sprinkle like clawed the, you know, frozen bags of food. Uh, we couldn't get through the whole speech. Like we couldn't get through it. You might notice after that, we did not have scenes together to get, we did not have scenes together again until like season eight. Your privileges got revoked. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even let us sit together in the conference room I'm no, dead. Oh because we would get the giggles. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't um, be next to Jenna because I could feel her shoulders. Even if I wasn't looking at her, I could feel her go. And then I would go and I wouldn't even know why she was laughing. It didn't <laughs> you guys are just so connected. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Pooj, do you remember that scene? Oh, a hundred percent. Of course. I've seen this show like <laughs> I think 10 times. Like it was just Aww. on repeat in my college apartment. So good. Me and my best friend should watch it. Um, but I'm like wondering, do your kids watch the show? Are they are they office fans too? 
Well, I can, I can jump in here first because I have teenagers, you guys, OMG. So I have <laughs> middle school age kids. And let me tell you, the office is a big hit amongst seventh yes. and eighth graders. Oh my God. Um, I mean, I go to carpool drop-off and someone is wearing like a Shroot Farms t-shirt. Amazing. So um, my kids started re-watching it with me when I started working on the podcast and they don't get, you know, they can't always watch every episode, but here and there they'll pop in and, um, it's really fun to see the show through their eyes. Um, my daughter really doesn't like it when I'm mean and I mean a lot on the show. <laughs> like, you know, she doesn't like it when I'm mean to Phyllis and she watched the episode with me where, um, Phyllis throws the post-it notes in my face. Oh my gosh, I, yes. I've been so mean to her and <laughs> she was like, mom, but, um, they, they quote it now. Like we were, we were getting like takeout and I was like, oh, see if they have any utensils. And she goes, mom, do you want forks or spoons? Dead. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so funny how <clears throat> you, you don't know what is going to like come back with the young mm. generation. Like Pooja's 22. Yeah. You know, to see that it's just continuing to have lives and more lives is really cool. And especially when your kids watch it. Yeah, um, that's got to be a fun, fun thing. It's been really fun. Jenna's kids are younger, so they're not there yet, but I think it'll be really special for them too. Yeah, my kids are eight and 10. They're not quite super interested. Uh, when I've been rewatching the show for the podcast, maybe they'll catch a scene. They think Dwight is very funny, <laughs> but they're not like, they haven't been drawn in to even wanting to watch a whole episode, but they understand that I was on that show, but they mostly understand it through the context of Office Ladies, our podcast, because oh, wow. they know I work with Angela and they know what we do on the podcast, that we are breaking down an episode of The Office. So they kind of know me more as an office lady than as Pam from The Office, because that's, that's the wild. work they're seeing me do every day, you know? Wow. Well... Before I get more into friendship, do you want to ask any more office stuff? I mean, you guys kind of answered it, but I have to know how the table reads were. Like, how did everyone not just die? I, I don't think I ever could have filmed one scene. So were you guys just like crying every time you would do any table read? I loved our table reads. I loved it because that was the first time we were... Sometimes it was the first time, maybe we'd get a script in the morning and you could read through it quickly before mm. you did the table read. We would do them on Tuesdays during our lunch. And that would be the script we were reading for the next week's shooting, but it would be hot off the press. So a lot of those were a cold reading and you would be just be like surprised <laughs> in the moment by plot lines or jokes and you couldn't help but laugh. And I mean, I love those memories. Wow. I love them so much too. And, um, Jenna's right. I, I have such like distinct memories of moments that we collectively all found out at the same time. One of them is um, when everyone goes to Jim's house for his barbecue and in the script, it said it had established that uh, Angela had Birkenstocks on and so did Dwight. And there was a line that said, we see two Birkenstocks <laughs> rubbing back and forth. Oh my God. And everyone in the room went, like, there was like a groan and laughter and it just was hilarious. We we're like, oh my gosh, Dwight and Angela are hooking up. They're hooking up. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. I found out that Pam was pregnant at the table. Read. No way. We were reading the script and it was company picnic. And all of a sudden it doesn't even explicitly say it, but there was, again, there was just a note in the script and you know, it's like Jim looks to camera, the nurse says something, Jim looks to camera and we were all like, oh, oh my gosh. So like some of these big plot reveals happen to us at our table reads. Where you're kind of the audience in a weird way, right? You're having the same reaction that they would be having. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the writers are going for. You know, that was why they wouldn't even want to give us the script too far in advance because getting that live reaction helps them know like, oh, what jokes land in the moment and what plot lines are surprising to people. So that's kind of part of the wow. process. So cool. Anything behind the scenes of The Office that any fun stories that no one's ever told? Oh, good question. That's not in the book. <laughs> exactly. Um, hmm. Or that would hmm. surprise us. That I mean, did Steve Carell you. ever streak on set? I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, Jenna. 
I'm literally trying to think if there's anything. Hmm. Well, we told that story on the podcast on Office Ladies about the time, the one time the paparazzi came to our set and was like taking pictures. They like, we didn't, we were out in the middle of of nowhere. We had no security. Anyone could just drive right on the set. Oh my God. We were in the middle of nowhere. We weren't on a big studio and literally anyone could just drive right on. It's so like, I don't remember that, you know, someone did. And they just started taking pictures of us out by our trailers. And we were like, hey, is that a new NBC set photographer? Because why are they taking a picture of me carrying food into my trailer? That seems like a weird photo for NBC.com. And then we realized what it was. And then we had to get security. Then they were like, you know what? Let's get security. (laughs) They're worth protecting Literally (laughs) over the weekend, they built a little security kiosk. And we all got like that, like, you know, lanyards. But up until then, we had anyone could come on set. Anyone could just drive right on. But I think that kind of goes back to the whole red carpet thing that we were talking about, which was that our show was not filmed on one of the big studio lots. And I've been to those studio lots. They have like a Starbucks and a gym and a store and they even have a preschool It's like a little village and restaurants and a cafeteria. And we did not, that was not where we worked. We worked at two rented warehouses deep in Van Nuys, California, past some railroad tracks and a crematorium (laughs) and a gunnery. That's what was on our street. Across the street from us was a junkyard mm -hmm. with a junkyard dog, like the whole thing. And we would so, give them our chicken scraps sometimes <gasps> at lunch, <laughs> the dog that we loved. And so the thing was, was just like, we were not having a real kind of like fancy schmancy mm-hmm. Hollywood experience out there. And I actually think that that kept a kind of groundedness to our group and to our experience because we weren't getting all the bells and whistles that, I mean, I remember I did a guest star on that 70s show and I was like, you have a cafeteria? Oh my God. Like yeah. it was fancy, you know? Yeah, we, we didn't have anywhere to go. We were all there together. We were all in scenes together all day long. We were each other's background. And then when we have a break, we had a basketball hoop. And I remember one day, um, Rain and I brought our tennis rackets. And on the side of the warehouse, we, we hit balls. And, you know, uh, sometimes we would ride bicycles or Oscar and I would go for a walk or Jen and I would go over to Ed's trailer because he'd be playing the banjo and Creed would have his mandolin. And we we didn't have any other outlets. We yeah. were like a, a little sort of comedy camp every week. And we yeah. only had each other. But I think it made us such a close cast. We still have a group text thread. No way. We, yes, we were just wow. texting this week. It was blowing up yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we were going back and forth. What was and, happening yesterday? Um, What's the big news? Well, there is we were lovely, we were teasing rain. We were teasing <laughs> rain, but there was a lovely man named Joseph who worked on our show for years as part of our security. Once we got security, <laughs> and a bunch of us have ran into him recently um, on on um, the Universal lot, and we all were so happy to see him. And we were sharing today about seeing Joseph and and being Aww. so happy that yeah, we were like trading pictures we'd taken with Joseph. I love yeah. you guys. How but many years later? then at the same later? time, teasing Rain. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But what was the tease on Rain? That he didn't get to see him? No, no. It, was, it was that Rain saw Joseph and sent the, he was the first person to start it. And we were all like, we love him, Joseph, not Rain. Oh. Yeah, not you, Rain. Yeah, not you, Rain. Poor Rain's not getting And then we love. were like cropping the picture where we were like cropping Rain out. And oh, being like, my God. This is better. This is better. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, I want to um, make sure I follow up on something, Angela, you were saying earlier how you're never too old or uh, to, to find a new BFF. So it sounds like Jenna kind of left her life and moved to LA and, you know, thought, you know, maybe that was a whole other experience and this is my new experience. Did you have a best friend or did you just have kind of acquaintances as well leading up to this friendship? Oh, no, I, I have great friendships that I'm so thankful for. I'm still in touch with friends from high school and my early years in Los Angeles. My friends, Michael and Tobias, are my dear friends. We met at 1-800-DENTIST as operators. 
Um, we have been friends for my gosh, 27 years, wow. 27, like out here. And, and um, I just treasure those friendships, but I feel like Jenna and I met at a time where I had all these new experiences happening and she could so uniquely relate to who I was before all of that. We're very similar. How we were raised was very similar. We have a lot of major touchstones in our lives that, that are familiar, but then she was on this journey that was so unknown to both of us and so out of our comfort zone, but we were also excited, but nervous. And I have this partner that uniquely knew what was happening and where I was at. But on top of that, Jenna just took me where I was. And some days you feel better about yourself than others. But Jenna was this constant that I was so thankful for. I've, I've called her my life anchor. And it's true. Um, and she also has this incredible work ethic. So when she's like, we're going to be friends, she's going to work at that friendship. And I think what I learned with her that I hadn't maybe learned before in friendships is that, you know, truly you get out of them what you invest in them. Mm -hmm. And like any relationship in your life, they require just as much work and, and being present and connecting. And I'm always very proud of the friendship we've been able to maintain over life's different seasons. I think that's such a really great tip is you get what you put in because we think about that in other ways, but in a friendship, um, you don't hear about that all the time. Jenna, was that something you learned along the way innately knew? Like where did that, I'm going to really invest in this and hone in come from? I mean, it was with Angela, it was weird. It was just an instinct because I, you know, Angela's much more social than I am. She has, um, a much more of a need to socialize than I do. I'm, I'm much more of like a homebody and I need like two or three important people in my life. And then I'm pretty good. Um, and so I think maybe it was just that I had picked Angela. And so she was getting it all, you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to invest in this person. It was like, Oh, I like this person. This person is my match. This is the person I will be calling. And so I, you know, it's Angela and it's my husband and I do have other good friends. My sister is a very good friend of mine. And I have women that I've met through my kids' school that I just absolutely adore. And that's similar because that's a journey we're going on together. Mm -hmm. We're invested in our kids and their education and their mental health and all of these things. And so, um, I've made really good friendships there as well, but, um, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't anything I thought of. It was just, I needed one great friend. So I told her everything. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love that. You know, you also hear a lot about mixing business and friendships, right? So the office was like the birthplace, obviously of your friendship. Were you ever nervous to continue doing business with each other after? Was there ever a worry? This might ruin our friendship. I'm scared. Everybody asked us that. Before we started the podcast, people would say it just like this. Do you think it's a good idea for you mm -hmm. to work with your oh best gosh. friend? Mm -hmm. Sort of implying that, that our friendship will blow up, but, um, no. And the office was different. You know, the office was, we went to a workplace. We didn't have to run anything. We weren't in charge there. We were yes, hired by. None of my decisions or my schedule affected Jenna when I was on the office. We were employees together, yeah. which is yeah. much different than running a business together. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, our, I remember my husband was like, so babe, um, I, I really need Jenna to stay your best friend because oh. like, she's, she's like who I tell everything to. So then he gets the more abridged version. Um, <laughs> it's like a good balance. So he was like, uh, have you thought this through? I just want to put that out there. I love it. Well, you guys made it work and the book is great. Uh, the Office BFFs is the name of the book, Tales of the Office from two best friends who were there. Jenna and Angela, thank you so much for um, sharing this. I am obsessed with them. They're wonderful. And you know what's so funny? When you watch the show, like Angela is, Jenna and Pam are a little similar 
Angela and Angela are completely polar opposite humans. And it's so funny to see how like bubbly and fun she is. And they're just such yin and yang. It warms my heart. It's so cool. I have never seen that scene they were mentioning, but I could visualize Angela's head popping over and I would just die. I was dying inside thinking of what that experience was like. I felt like I was transported into their own moment Yeah, and I could get it. Because I've been there so many times. I'm someone who gets the giggles and then can't continue on set forever. And then they want to kill me. But uh, (laughs) but guys, the the book is so fun, especially if you're a fan of The Office. I feel like getting to see their journey together is so special. Um, And, you know, again, just the inspiration of knowing that you can find your BFF later in life. I'm finding new BFFs in my 40s. So what they said about being open and allowing your heart to be open to these experiences, um, you know, a lot of people later in life are shedding a lot of things that makes them a better friend now right? They don't have as many insecurities or whatever. They're just like, oh my God, it's almost over. Let's just have fun. Let's just be vulnerable. Let's be, um, you know, let's just enjoy it. And so, um, it's just a thought to throw out there. Um, anyhow, super fun. So fun. Uh, We will put all the links to everything in the summary of this episode. If you're watching, let us know your favorite office scene. Um, and also shout out your best friend. Let us know who your best friend is and why. I would love to hear that. In the meantime, um, you can subscribe here on YouTube. Follow us, obviously, on Apple Podcasts if you're not right now. And you can help us, please, by leaving a podcast review. We'll put a link to that in the summary as well. And let us know what you love about the show. In the meantime, thank you for being with us. Heal Squad, we love you. Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.